0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers get a huge win on Sunday as Anthony Davis is everything, everywhere, all at once. That's next. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers, first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked on Lakers on YouTube, So where you can go see the show. 13,000 subscribers strong. This thing has taken off like a rocket ship, Andy, a rocket ship. Um, and it is a great community of Lakers fans and uh, actually inspired some of the commentary that we have for today's show. We love to look at the comments, and even if we don't reply directly, we are reading them, and they, they really do guide a, a lot of the topics of discussion on the show. Um, so I mentioned it, 113-105, to 105, uh, Andy, um, a huge win for the Lakers on Sunday. Had to have it um, following the game on Friday where the Lakers lose to Minnesota, uh, and they did. And this is, again, no LeBron, no D'Angelo Russell. We'll get an update on him in a, in, in a few minutes as the show goes along. Um, But this one was about Anthony Davis because our show Friday or Saturday after Friday's game, we did catch a little bit of flack from the mini show because we talked about how Anthony Davis needs to be essentially elite for every minute he plays on the floor for the Lakers to have chances to win these games. And on Friday, I think we both thought he was really good, but you know. You pointed out a couple of things. I pointed out a couple of things that made him just shy of elite Sunday from the moment the game started till the moment it was over and the Lakers needed buckets. He was MVP caliber, That that was just flat out. All, he was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and what I, I, I hope that I made clear
1: during uh, the bonus show after the Wolves loss was, you know. AD played really well. And, you know, I think he played along the lines of elite in terms of, I guess, the game as a whole. But there were a few places where he didn't, you know, he didn't have a good stretch to open the second half. There were about six minutes where, frankly, Rudy Gobert outplayed him, which in and of itself will be a demoralizing thing because nobody ever likes to be outplayed by Rudy Gobert. Is there anybody
0: in the league who people hate more than Rudy Gobert? I was. I I don't mean people like us. I mean, like apparently people in the league.
1: Yeah. I was going to say it bought, frankly, I don't even know how much Rudy Gobert's teammates enjoy when he plays well. So it's like, nobody really enjoys the process of, of Rudy Gobert being successful, but those six minutes felt like it set a tone for the Lakers in the second half that took them a while before they eventually really got it into gear and, you know showed more urgency AD in the first half played well but got into some foul trouble he had two moving screens and you know under normal circumstances in in a night where Anthony Davis had 38 points you'd be like eh, whatever i mean guy had 38 points he was fantastic but given points, where the huge Lakers in the
0: second half like the last 12 or 13 minutes he had you know big defensive yeah. plays and all that but given
1: where Right, given where the Lakers are right now, and as we also pointed out, given how nobody else showed up with any type of offensive production to speak of, AD had to be really, truly perfect in order for the Lakers to try to get that game. And that was the burden on him as a superstar. But in this game, we had the perfect storm of AD really being perfect in this game. And then on top of it, getting supporting performances from Troy Brown and Jared Vanderbilt and Austin Reeves. And in the fourth quarter, and I guess we'll probably end up getting into a little bit of him because he was certainly on Lakers' Twitter, the the subject of a lot of ire. Dennis Schroeder struggled for three quarters, but the fourth quarter was instrumental Mm -hmm. in getting the Lakers able to cement this win. This was also a win, too, that mattered not just because Golden State is one of the teams relatively close ahead of them in the standings, but also they were getting Steph back. Like this could have been for the Warriors a real announcement game of their own because they've been so bad on the road no matter who they play against. Uh Like this game was really important for Golden State and then especially psychologically with Steph returning, this could have been like, okay, we're back again. And it, like beyond the Lakers loss. It could have been for the Warriors a pronouncement of their own. And it it really said something for the Lakers to pull this game out. They got off to a really hot start, but then Golden State got back into it. They and the Lakers, Lakers up were 20,
0: up 20 yeah. at one point and they finished the first half up by one. Yeah.
1: The the Lakers got tested a lot in this game, and they came through and it was a full group effort in coming through.
0: Yeah, and so, like, small side note, probably won't matter. Lakers do win the season series with Golden State. That, I guess, could become relevant. Um, Doesn't seem like it will be now, but you never know. they are only three games behind Golden State. Um, But if you look at the Western Conference, starting with Minnesota now in the sixth spot, and oh, my God, I wish they could get that game back on Friday. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, The Lakers, if you start here, Minnesota, Dallas, uh, the Clippers, who are currently playing, have 33 losses, so eight teams in the Western Conference with Oklahoma City winning today, uh, Sunday meaning, between 32 and 34 losses. It is still really, really crowded there. Lakers catch a bit of a break um, in that the Grizzlies, who they will play on uh, Tuesday, will be without Brandon Clark. That really sucks. He tore his Achilles. Um, you know, just a really fun and exciting player to watch. But John Morant won't be with the team. Uh, you look at the group that, golden or sorry memphis is starting on it's tyus jones jaron jackson jr desmond bain uh xavier tillman and um david, david roddy. roddy david roddy won't be in the lineup as a starter presumably on tuesday it'll be dylan brooks will be back from a suspension but that is a very different team without clark available and certainly without jaw um
1: or let's stephen go back adams.
0: To, and stephen adams right which is why tillman is starting thank you um but let's go back to ad because you know it, it's not that the that friday's game was anthony davis's fault which is neither one of no. us said but i think you know some people kind of maybe took it that way or just thought we were blaming the wrong person it is a demonstration of this the, the reason we were talking about it in that context was it's because it demonstrates the the predicament the lakers are in and the the situation that ad finds himself in as in needing to carry the team particularly with no russell because you know, even, you know, the Lakers put up 113 points on Sunday, but it was not a universally coherent and fluid offensive effort. Like they went, you know, one stretch in the first half where they went 13 straight shots, they missed 13 in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, that got people's attention. Like they're not a good offensive team without Russell, without LeBron available, which makes sense because those are two of your primary, not just ball handlers, Andy, but decision makers on the floor. Um, And so those are are people who are responsible for making those, you know, for making important choices around your offense. But, you know, the notion that A.D. has to be elite to win, it's not just us talking about that. It was on the broadcast. It's other people like that's just how they that's the situation they're in. And they could play elite. He could play elite level ball and still lose. They could still lose. It was those, you know, they finally got enough in that second half to to pull it out. Cause it looked like, you know, that it was gonna be Anthony Davis on the island. And I kept waiting for that sort of Golden State avalanche where you get three or four, five trips in a row where you know Steph and Clay each hit a couple threes and whatever, and all of a sudden you're down by nine. And the Lakers just they fought. And that's what I mean, Darvin Ham talked about that after the game, just the fight in the team. Was there on Friday? With, I'm sorry, there on Sunday with far better execution, I think, as well than they had on on Friday.
1: Yeah, I mean, other than their transition defense, which was often terrible in this game, and it frankly has been often terrible this whole season. But mm-hmm. to put it in perspective, Draymond Green had at least two defensive rebound coast to coast. Layups <laughs> that simply should not happen. They shouldn't. But you know Green. what? I
0: I do kind of get it because this is where you know the whole and I don't remember who exactly was on the floor. Stay cleft, Steph Clay Pool thing screws with everybody's mind because you're like, I have to find Steph. I have to find Steph. Uh, I have to find Clay. I have to find Pool. And like you start and and like, and and you're like Draymond isn't going to shoot, but if you don't stop the ball and Draymond's dribbling it, like he's just going to keep going. Yeah, but, but even worse, like on one of them,
1: Draymond managed to do this, and the Lakers didn't even go out to the shooters. He was actually crowded by defenders, and he scored anyway. Well, like the, the Lakers... That's just it was Draymond wor- being Draymond. It was the worst of all worlds where the Lakers didn't even have the excuse of fanning out to the shooters. They just did a crappy job of yeah. stopping Draymond Green at the rim <laughs> yeah I will <laughs> say though
0: they did have a, a few mo- there were a few moments where you look back and you're like uh oh and then you see a Laker getting back and stopping a break in the fourth they managed to to do it so I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, about AD um, but then let's get into some of the supporting cast and we'll look forward again to uh, Tuesday's game and, and and we'll talk a little give the D'Angelo Russell update uh, and all that and some decisions around Dennis Schroeder that were kind of fascinating in the commentary going on there's a really it was a really up and down emotional day for Lakers fans on social media. So we'll get there next
1: locked on Lakers is brought to you by prize picks. And if you've not signed up for prize picks, Laker fans, you're missing out on daily fantasy made easy prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer superstar players, bench players, just pick two to six players and whether they will notch more or less than the prize Picks stats projections, you can win up to 25 times your money. And here's an example. Tonight's, Nuggets Raptors game, both Nikola Jokic and Pascal Siakam projected at 22 and a half points with Jamal Murray right behind them at 21 and a half Hawks versus Heat. Trey Young projected at 23 and a half points, but also four and a half turnovers. So they're just projecting Trey Young doing a lot in this game in either direction. Prize picks offers projections also on everything from baseball to women's college basketball, even disc golf. Use the award winning app. On both the App Store and Google Play, PrizePix offers entries in 60 seconds or less safe, fast withdrawal. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com, sign up, play Daily Fantasy Made Easy. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. Again, use the promo code Locked On for that instant match. If you're not playing PrizePix, you don't know what you're missing.
0: Okay, so you know we talked about Anthony Davis and just this elite-level performance. I don't actually remember if we gave the numbers away. 39, probably should have done that. 39 points on 14 of 25 from the floor. He made it to the line 13 times. That's 13 of the 22 free throws the Lakers took uh, were Anthony Davis. Um, forceful going to the rim, made 10 of them. Uh, eight rebounds, six assists, and a pair of blocks. He was a positive 17 in his 37-and-a-half minutes. Like and th- these were not um, low intensity minutes. This is not like thirty seven minutes, but like seventeen of them. He's just sort of hanging out. <laughs> like he is is going to have to work. And what I what I what I find fascinating and hopeful about this potential stretch in the Lakers, we, we talked, you know, mentioned the standings uh, in, the, in the first segment i I want this to be a moment where Anthony Davis rises to the occasion and kind of changes the narrative around him. And if he plays like this for another seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve games, fifteen games, whatever until LeBron comes back um and he gets a little help, that will absolutely happen. If he plays like this for six games and gets hurt again, probably because he had to play like this, that will also reinforce the narratives too. It's like i I want this to have a happy ending for him, and I'm just scared of it. I'm scared of this story. Well, I mean,
1: if he gets hurt, it doesn't really matter what the reason was or how many minutes he played or whatever. People are just going to say, this is what happens to Anthony Davis. This is what he does. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to focus on the positive of it, which is these last few games, and AD talked about afterwards, that he's just feeling more physically comfortable right now. He's feeling good. Like he said, a uh, two or three times after uh, after the game in his post game presser, I, I feel really good, and feeling really good has allowed him to be more aggressive. Um, it's allowed, it's helped for him just to see the ball go in more. It, it helps him gain a rhythm when when you just feel good when you're out there. He also too talked about how with the ball in his hands now so much, he he has to be he has to be better as a playmaker. Like, you know, he has to take some pressure off. Right now, Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves, like the two guys who are counted on to be the team's primary facilitators. And this was a game where I thought AD really played well, you know, as somebody that you run the offense through. Like early in the game, he set up Jared Vanderbilt on a really, really nice dive when he was backing down a defender, then hit him with a pass. Later in the game, he set up Troy Brown on a really – good bounce pass after he had been driving inside. Like We've talked about before, like as great of a player as AD is and as versatile a player as he is, if you had to look for the biggest weakness in his game, I think it is playmaking still, like or being an all-around playmaker. That's just not really where he is. But he is, though, somebody that if he's got players around them that are hitting shots like the Lakers had tonight and some space – He can make really good decisions, and it helps too against a team like Golden State that really does not have a great matchup for him. Anyway, it's a little bit easier for him to get the type of freedom that he needed. But this was just a great all-around game for Anthony Davis.
0: It's and you know it it is. It's a reminder of just how good he is. Like in the frustration, in the in the kind of the want for this Lakers team to. To, to actually launch, which is, you know, these constant failures to launch, constant failures to launch, and the, and the basic consistent disappointment that's been there since the title. Because um, the year following, great start, whole thing derailed by injury, you know, playoff appearance was, you know, kind of borderline barely there. And then last year was a disaster. And it's just, It 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 is a you do need to be reminded sometimes we got that you know however many games earlier this season where you're like holy bleep that's the guy like that's why everybody made such a big deal out of getting him in the first place but now it's the time where he has to really genuinely carry this franchise you know to get them back in a position to make the playoffs and it's it's like it's not crazy to look at this and say like you know who are the dominant teams like Phoenix. Certainly moving up. Um, But, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that the Suns are going to be able to overtake Sacramento, you know, even Memphis if Jock comes back or something like that, you know, and get to that place where they are a one or a two automatically to where that if you're in the play in, you automatically get Denver or Phoenix, which would be tough. Um, it's not a, impossible that you could see Sacramento that you could see Memphis or something like that, which very good teams, but you know, it's a, not I, do you think it's crazy the Lakers could beat Sacramento or Memphis if they're healthy in the playoffs and in a first round? I don't. Honestly,
1: if the Lakers are in the playoffs, it we've talked about this before, Brian. by definition that means, they have played extremely well. Mm-hmm. Like even throughout the nuclear option like they managed to get into the playoffs but LeBron still isn't available. Okay. That means they managed to play this well without, without LeBron. LeBron. So yeah. either way.
0: So um you know when you when you look at what happened I think over the course of the second half um particularly in the second half you know it was you find like the difference between friday and and sunday was that sunday you got the contributions it took a minute the first half was you know vanderbilt played very well in the first half austin reeves who was good the entire game had to but malik beasley was an ofer from three point range and Schroeder was terrible in the first half and like there were still plenty of of holes and once the lakers got cold they stayed that way after that really really good start um but in the second half, man, like you said, you got the, the fourth quarter from Schroeder. You got the. I don't know what the key is here in terms of trying to get the right execution, the right whatever. You know, Austin Reeves struggled hard against the ball pressure on, um, on Friday, did a little bit better against some of it. Maybe it's just matchup based, it's you know, whatever, but they, they got the supporting work. Um, I was actually really happy to see Schroeder come through in the fourth because he was getting brutalized on social media up to that point. Yeah. He,
1: I, I looked up his fourth quarter numbers and because he really did not play particularly well in the, thir- in the first three. And he's not going to come out and say it. And nobody else on the team is probably going to come out and say it. But my guess is that ankle that he turned um, against Minnesota on Friday still bothering him. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you can see at times he does not have that burst of explosion going right. down. And also,
0: too, he's he's also being put in positions where you you have to, um, like, not just be, like, go get the ball, Dennis, and attack. It's go get the ball and organize and go get the ball and facilitate. And he's, you know, he's an NBA point guard, but that's never been what he's been known for as a player is that kind of organization. You know, if you could combine uh, his sort of, point guard handles a little more slick a little more whatever with Austin Reeves like understanding of like what we're trying to do around here, like then you'd have a really good point guard, but they're sort of both lacking a little bit in each aspect of what you need. And that's why they need Russell back on the floor.
1: Well and also too, I mean with with, with Schroeder, I think not a hundred percent, then things like you know, his size starts becoming more mm-hmm. of a problem when he doesn't have that same first step and that same burst and he's like six feet, six, one generously listed, you know, like all, all of these things start becoming an issue, but in the fourth quarter, he was plus seven, you know, as far as plus minus, he actually had the best plus minus of any Laker in the fourth quarter in the seven minutes that he played. Um, he was pretty instrumental in getting uh, a few, a few baskets for himself or for Anthony Davis had a couple of good defensive plays. And, and you and I were talking about this offline because like there were a lot of people that we saw hitting us up on Twitter at Cam Brothers, wondering you know what the f is Darvin Ham doing, keeping this guy on the floor. Like wh- you know he's he is Darvin Ham's Avery Bradley, right? That Frank Vogel used like his Binky. Like he was the guy that he just he loves Dennis Schroeder so much he will never take him off the floor. And there there's some conflation going on with Dennis Schroeder because earlier in the season. There were some times where I think Darvin Ham's trust in Schroeder and the relationship that they have going back to Atlanta, I guess maybe you could argue, extended the trust he had in Schroeder past the point where the production on the court justified it. You know, I, I don't think it was always at least all Schroeder. Sometimes it was the combination right. of Schroeder and Beverly, sometimes the combination of Schroeder. Beverly Beverly and and Westbrook, Westbrook. the
0: law firm of Schroeder, Beverly, and Westbrook. Yeah,
1: and look, all things being equal, I would not want Dennis Schroeder as my starting point guard anyway. I think he's much better suited as a backup. But A, I think over the course of this season, Schroeder's actually been pretty good. I think he's actually quietly had a pretty good year. Mm -hmm. But B, where you are right now with no LeBron, no Russell, and Austin Reeves, we've seen get over in over his head at times himself during this period. Who else is going to
0: play? Yeah, hold that thought for a second because I, I do it's important. Um, I sort of like what the context of where they are right now. Um, so we'll talk about that. We got to talk a little bit of Troy Brown. might have to carry some of that over into Tuesday's show. Uh, Plus D'Angelo he Russell. is worthy of of uh, really, I think, a full full segment at the very least, which we may not have for for Monday. Um, and yeah, so a couple more things to, to talk about with, with Sunday's win and how big it was starting with this question of lineups. We'll do it next. Lockdown on Lakers
1: brought to you by built bar. If you're looking for a great treat, but you don't want all the fat and the calories, you got to try built bar. We just, we keep getting through all these different holidays. President's day is traditionally where everybody puts on an extra five, 10 pounds mm, yep. and you want to get healthier, but at the same time, you don't want to compromise taste because that is why you eat in the first place. It's also why you got to try Built Bars. With Built Bars, healthy actually tastes great. And it's perfect for getting yourself back in shape, conquering that holiday season weight. And as always, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They taste like a candy bar, deceptively, because they only have 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. That's the good stuff. And you don't even have to wait around for a box. Like, you can order from built.com which still works great but you can also just go to your local Walmart hit up the pharmacy section get some built bars also go to Sam's Club either way get a box with assorted flavors
0: try them all enjoy um i don't know who Ham, especially against the warriors and i think this is this is also something like the warriors create strange matchups where like you can't just like trot out you know, Mo Bamba, by the way, we forgot to mention this. Mo Bamba left – you played two minutes um, and hurt an ankle because that's what the Lakers do uh, and was unavailable for the rest of the game. So your bigs at that point are Wenyon Gabriel and Wenyon Gabriel, who's not that big. Um, I mean, bigs that aren't Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, right. <laughs> Wenyon Gabriel and I guess Jared Vanderbilt, who's also, again, not that big. But like – Rui hey, Hachimura, addition, I mean, honestly. In addition to – um kind of the the offense was like you 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 have guys on the floor in this game you need to be able to chase around pool stuff and clay and like there aren't choices here like darvin you know you have no choice but like, now look i saw people I, I little mini debates with people on on twitter at Cam brothers like okay yeah but you just like you know he shouldn't be playing five more minutes than Austin Reeves. Okay, so you maybe you can shade some of those minutes towards Reeves, and but the other way, but the problem with that is if you think Dennis isn't a good facilitator with the first unit, try putting him with the second. Like those guys need more. Like Reeves is a better connector for that group, in my opinion, than Schroeder is with the first. Other people might disagree, but I think it makes more sense. And both of them finished the game. If Darwin had
1: I think to make this clear, with the first and second units as currently constructed, as currently
0: constructed. With who's available? Right. Okay. With who's available on Sunday? Um, had Darvin not finished the game with Reeves, I would have had my arm up with everybody else going, What is happening here? But, like, you know, you have to work in the context that you're in. You have guards who have to spend not just their offensive. Energy trying to facilitate and score, but also chase those guys around, which is an enormous amount of work. Um, and you know, when you're missing Russell and when you're missing LeBron, the offense is not going to look good. It is, it's not. There will be stretches where Davis is dominant. Hopefully, many of them. When they hit three pointers, as they, you know, Reeves started to do, and you know, Beasley hit one in the second half, and they got a couple timely shots. Lonnie Walker quiet, good third quarter. Um, it, it'll look okay. But overall, it's not going to be a good offensive team. And there's there's no rotation or coaching choice or something that's going to change that, in my opinion. You know, with Russell available, you have more choices. But even then, there's still going to be some limitations in in, in in built in, and it's not going to look as good without LeBron. And so I... I didn't have a problem with the rotation on Sunday. I thought that generally speaking, I thought the right guys were on the floor, or at least certainly argue, you know, you could argue the right guys were out on the floor, make solid, you know, tr- you know, solid, solid arguments for them. I, I, at some point you just have to be like, this is who we have, and it's not all always Darwin's fault. Like you said, you can't just be mad at earlier reasons for Schroeder, like you're mad about him being on the floor. Versus Sunday versus Golden State.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, just uh, as a housekeeping note, Darvin said before the game that D'Angelo Russell is, he's now day-to-day, he's trending in the right direction. They're looking to hopefully get him on the court soon. Um, Friday, ahead of, uh, ahead of the game they had against the Wolves, They some of the stay-ready guys, you know, the ones who aren't in the rotation, Max Christie, Scottie Pippen Jr., people like that. Uh, Russell scrimmaged with them. Um, so that's obviously a good sign. Uh, hopefully, he will be available Tuesday against Memphis. Like they, they really need D'Lo back. But I, I think, and look, anybody who's listened to this podcast the whole season will know neither one of us is afraid to question decisions that Darvin Ham has made. Be outwardly critical of them. I mean, I, I personally got very sick of having to. Mention the whole three guard small lineup thing. like i that was something where you know, I, between the two of us, Brian, I had far less sympathy and patience about it towards Darwin than you had. I, yeah. the point being, I was pretty outward about, okay, dude, this has run its course. It's clearly not working. Stop doing it. But I think you also have to be realistically cognizant right now that with the players Darwin has available right now, Quite honestly, there's not a lot of adjusting you can do because very often adjusting requires your not just your best players, and LeBron and D'Angelo Russell are certainly two of your best players, but two of your best facilitators, two of the best guys to run sets and things like that to make it all work. Honestly, right now, a lot of the Lakers' success comes down to don't F
0: it up while you're on the court like I, I, and to that I'm point not trying to seven, let Darwin no but it's seven come. turnovers like yeah it, it's about that's I a think, big deal it's a, it's a it's a team I think you're making a good point here cuz it's like it, here's how we need to play as a team we have to as a team take care of the ball you know as, yeah and they did you know you look at you know why were they you know shooting you know they made 11 three-pointers State made 18 um you know, some of the, the 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 shooting percentages, not you know, crazy different and all that kind of stuff. But part of the reason the Lakers were able to do this, they they only turn the ball over seven times. And so, you know, as a group, we're gonna take care of the ball. That is gonna be as a group, we're gonna move our feet and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, try to be active to to give ourselves the best opportunities to um, to score because we're gonna need help. And if guys are standing, it's not going to work. And you know, there are stretches where the Lakers start to stand around, have started to stand around a little bit too much, um, particularly given. But like, I I understand. You know, people want to look at like go watch any NBA game. Like offenses get bogged down. You know, teams change a little bit of a coverage. They throw something different at you. They double team where they weren't double teaming before, and suddenly, you know, what was working stops. You have to stop and think about okay, what's our counter here, and particularly on a day and this. And this, by the way, ultimately becomes praise for the Lakers for winning the game. I, it's a reminder of like what the, you know. I love Austin Reeves. I love uh the addition of Jared Vanderbilt, and there are days, particularly, and he, Jared Vanderbilt was plus twenty-five in twenty-three minutes, which is not easy to do. He Dude, was in. He was incredible in the first half. Jared Vanderbilt was
1: flat-out spectacular in the first half.
0: Right, but this notion that he's always this way, it's its not that you don't look at him and every time he's on the floor, it's like cut-and-dried awesome things are happening. Sometimes he's a perfect fit and the exact energy they need. Sometimes it's not so perfect. These are much better role players than the Lakers had before, but they are still role players. And definitionally, role players are going to be inconsistent. You're going to, you know, Dennis Schroeder is a I guess a high end role player. Yes, he is a high end role player. Yes. But he's still a role player. Yes. And you know, they're all a tick below. I think Austin Reeves has moved into that space of a high end role player. But they're not perfect and the, the the key to making role guys work is slotting them into positions where they're always doing playing to their strengths and avoiding their weaknesses. And the Lakers just aren't in a situation where they can do that over 48 minutes of a game. They can do it over 25. I think they have enough depth to do it. But it's a big difference between 25 and 48. And so these ups and downs are just going to happen. And it's not cut and dried in every situation. Who should be on the floor and who shouldn't. Some of it just comes down to, man, that was a wide-open three, and I really wish the Lakers would have hit it. Like, yeah. or, hit just,
1: shot. or just, that was a dumb pass. You shouldn't have thrown it. Like, you are not in a position right now where you can – take a risk on a home run pass. Yes. You're, you know, you're not LeBron. LeBron can throw that pass. You can't throw that pass. Don't do it. Like again, a lot of the Lakers success during this period, particularly until D'Lo gets back, but even maybe until LeBron gets back is going to come down to don't F it up.
0: Just don't F it up. So um, again, ultimately this is all praise because the Lakers really are playing well, Under very difficult circumstances. Kudos to them. So Tuesday, we're going to talk about Troy Brown, um, who has quietly um, really played very well for them. And we'll talk about Pau Gasol, because his uh, jersey's being retired Tuesday night. And uh, we're really not two guys who need an excuse to talk about Pau anyway. Um, Lock on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. uh, And we appreciate everybody's support there. Uh, Please leave your comments and questions and all that kind of stuff. We'll try to weave them in over the course of the week this week. uh, And we'll see everybody on Tuesday.